and welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter, but we are a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian NKC. You can follow me on Twitter, that is at KCSGE. Follow the show on Twitter, more importantly, that is at HEFPod. Hey Eintracht Frankfurt on Instagram. Drop us a line anytime you like uh, via Gmail. Uh, that uh, email address is heyeintrachtfrankfurt at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook where we have all the latest Eintracht Frankfurt news and information in the English language all in one convenient location. We are the lovers of the Eagles and I am not flying solo this time around. So going uh, all well, as I'm the person who's the furthest southwest, I will just start traveling east. It is first our Earthwall producer who does not get enough credit for putting up with our shenanigans. It is Nathan in St. Louis. How is the Gateway City? Boys, how's it going? Ready to freaking go. Good to hear you. Ready to go. Hell and, yeah. Uh, get right to uh, that Augsburg game, if you know what I mean. Ah. <laughs> It, it well, it happens. <laughs> it happens. I mean, there's 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 worse things to have have had happen that we have uh, yeah. dealt with ourselves, Nathan. We've we've had oh, yeah. quite a few, especially episodes. with Dortmund this season. Yeah, that was very true. Very true. Uh, crazy blonde Norwegian weirdos. Anyways, uh, I will continue going east. He is the man. <laughs> uh, the most charming man in this podcast, the most upbeat man in this podcast, that is Chris in Detroit. How is the Motor City? Is it back to being white or is it back to being green? Um, I'm back to drinking after that match on Saturday. That's <laughs> Same here. You know Teetotalers um, will not be able to get through an Eintracht match without just being like, I need one after that. Dry January doesn't exist that. for Eintracht fans. No Oof. such thing. No such thing. <laughs> and this man is also joining us. He's the man on the very far east before you start crossing the water. He's the man with uh, the be- one of the best uh, heads of hair, the best looking salad that there is to be found on this podcast. It's Matt in New York. How goes it in Debatable. the Big Apple, bud? Oh, just another day in paradise, Brian. It's just another day in paradise. Well, Nathan and I worry about ours, but Chris, are you trying to say that you rock the better flow? I believe I'm the only one rocking a man bun on this podcast right now. So, hey. you know, if somebody else can get to my... You watch your tongue. <laughs> I haven't seen your camera yet. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I got one going. <laughs> During quarantine, I was rocking the double man. <laughs> Gravy. I had and to donate about a year ago. All right, what are we at now? Like eight months. So I'll get back there soon. <laughs> Let's yeah. not run our listeners away by having a Instagram man bun contest. <laughs> oh. Probably not. not really oh, I think there. I think we're all good. Um, boys, we were so excited for the weekend. We were going from episode 200 to talk about Eintracht and Dortmund. And now here we are, episode 201, where you get to talk about Eintracht and Dortmund. And not in the way that we wanted, 
it is the way that it ended up being because Eintracht Frankfurt, two goals in the first half, concede three goals in the last 20 minutes, two goals in the last four minutes. Oy, that was... um, that was uh thank you for was, thank you for congratulating us on our 200th episode Frankfurt. We really appreciate that. That was being that you felt know? like being bent over a table and no Vaseline was used. I mean, uh, it's it's crazy. It's a tale of two halves. We had we, we was it was like four different teams played this freaking game. You know, we had an unbelievable Frankfurt team in the first half. Absolutely not dominant the first 10 minutes, but like once we got to like the 15 minute and Santos scored that goal, you know, we were off. Like we were running down Dortmund's throat like we were it looked like we were playing you know like an Augsburg or like a Bielefeld or something like that we were just that dominant and then come to the second half it's like I, it almost looks like we were too cocky it's like hey we it's it's like two nothing here against Dortmund like we're doing well and I don't understand how professionals don't understand this about soccer Two nothing is the worst lead in soccer. Absolutely. I'd rather I'd I'd literally would much rather have a one nothing lead go into halftime than two nothing because once that first goal comes from the opposition, we get screwed. The momentum completely shifts, and it, this was just another perfect example of that happening. And it just sucks that it happened to us. It sucks that it happened as the first game um, of the you know the Rückrunde. It sucks that we lose to Dortmund again. It sucks that we let three goals uh, from Dortmund in again. Um, it just sucks. Shame that Endiga just couldn't punch that one in, and that that would have been a. I think that would have just. That was just stupid from him. Oh my god! How does he not clear that? Clear that? Like, what are you trying to do? You trying to like touch the ball with your cock and just have it drop right (laughs) next to you? Like that doesn't work like that. It's either on the chest or your thigh. Like he completely misread that, and that that made me furious. We had opportunities to be up three, four, five nil uh, before we started giving opportunities back the other way, and it. It wasn't entirely the Kevin Trapp show in the first half like it has been in the past when we pull off big upsets. We were putting in the work. We were playing the game the way we've been hoping to see it uh, through the first four months of the year. And then it's like in the last 20 minutes, everything just unraveled. And, you know, I'm going to stop narrating the game because every time I'm like, hey, guys, great feeling. I doubled down my Vegas bet there. I, I was feeling good. I wanted to put whatever I say to do betting wise, just go the fucking opposite. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it would have been a completely different story too. If Jesper scored that goal when they end up nutmegging um, homeless or Emery Chan, I don't know who it was like that was early Bellingham. in the second half. If, if, was it, Oh, that was Bellingham. Was it, oh my God. Even better. Either, either way though, like that's an, that's a one-on-one opportunity, you know, Congratulations, Jesper, winning Rookie of the Month, but you should have showed it there. Like it should have been there. It's it's it was just it was just a tale of two halves, you know. So what was the problem? What changed it, in your opinion? Well, I I don't know. That's that's a great question. I, I mean, I, lo- I as hard as it was. I'm sorry, I'm choking on a chocolate chip. Uh, as hard as it was, I rewatched that second half. And I was looking for something tactical, something that Dortmund did or something we failed to do. And it's like there wasn't any particular thing. Mm. We just kind of we just kind of fell apart at key moments. It looked like we played scared. It looked like we were like, you know, we're up to not this kind of contradict what I said before, but like 
guys, crap, we're up 2-0 against Dortmund. Like, Holland's about to go off against us. And, like, you could tell Holland was frustrating Hinteregger, like, hardcore. Like, and he got into his head. Like, it worked. Like, Holland is a genius for doing that. That's why he's such a great striker, because he gets into defenders' heads. Like, it just seemed like we got scared in the second half, and we just let Dortmund come right at us, you know? And then we just would hope for the counterattack to, you know, pay off, pay off. And obviously it worked, worked out with Jesper, just he didn't finish it. And I think we had one or two other chances there, but I, I maybe we just played scared in the second half. We just wanted to let Dortmund come into our, you know, into our territory and just, you know, do whatever they want to do to us. Like it's Vegas, like you I, said. I think just, we, just not the gambling side, just the strip club. Yeah, I think we were a little bit frustrated because we pushed and pushed. We kept going for three and we had lots of chances and we reached a point where we were like, Hey, we don't want to get countered. Let's sit back a little bit. Time's ticking down. And as soon as they got one, we all knew what was going to happen. Let's be honest. I, there was no, you know, false pretense in my mind as far as what was coming up. And that was the frustrating part. You could see the meltdown progress from one step to the next. And it was just, an absolute shit show in that last 15 minutes. Um, well, I will interject here. I will say your Aussie boy uh, was not Jibril So. So would have dominated more of the midfield than was done. I definitely look at the way that kind of some, some of the substitutions that we had went down. I think that just know, wrong position. I keep saying he should be up there instead of Kamada. I don't know why we play him defensively. I agree. Yeah, pushing him that far back is not his best way to play. He succeeds more when he plays for his national team when he's played further out the field. And we've had more success with that guy when he has been pushed further afield. And so for me, what we need going forward is really to be able to, well, one, not freaking use Lammers as a substitute for Lindstrom. I thought that was stupid that was and just started adjusting things. And basically, you know, that happened right around at the same time that uh, Hazard came on for Brandt, who looked like he was doing absolutely nothing. Damn it. <laughs> not, I wish they wouldn't have recognized that. So... Look, the couple of substitutions were made. Another goal went in. Now was I thinking that Kamada? Yeah, but that, yeah, that substitution happened at two nothing. Yeah. You know, like, like I mean, I understand why we did it because Jesper was probably injured and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just sub subbed in a striker for another striker. You know, I I really didn't see the problem with that. I didn't expect Sam Lammers to score a goal for us. I just thought we just have an extra body there. If anything, a tall body when we have corner kicks. Um, I don't know why he got so much shit for it, to be honest. Kamada being taken off uh, for uh, Hasebe. I would have, well, I don't think that I would have put Hasebe in place of Kamada. I would have put uh, a Paciencia in place of Kamada myself. I would have taken, you know, if I really wanted to sure up things defensively, you know, yes, then have Hrustic go off uh, for Hasebe, or God forbid you actually go the Ilsenka route. You know, bringing in those defensive-minded guys to shore up the central, uh, the center uh, midfield area, 
but having someone who is a bigger body who will be able to better withstand uh, what's going on. You need because we needed to keep the pressure off of the defense, and a guy like Paciencia would have been better suited than um, uh, to be substituting for Kamada than Makoto Hasebe was because we just. We did too much retooling uh, with our substitutions, throwing everything around. And the next thing we know, uh, we didn't get freaking uh, pumped for two goals. Now, granted, some of the stuff were the stuff from the opposition was quite pretty, but damn it all to hell, shouldn't have been happening. The way they- I think the worst substitution was the Hoda substitution mm-hmm. with Jakic. In my opinion, the way someone told it to me here, which kind of made a lot of sense. Um, if you're going to park the bus, park it. And we didn't commit to either keeping our pressure up, up high and, and trying to keep possession or, or at least ball play down in their end or commit to parking the bus. And we made no commitment either way. We got stuck in the middle and they took advantage of it. Lessons we to be learned. Lessons to be learned. And, and they exploited. Wow. Well. I do think we should have expected, or Glasser should have expected once, you know, um, Hazard scored the first goal that Dortmund was going to score the second goal. I I, yes. I want to understand why he put Hasebe back in there instead of Kamada, just to have that extra defensive, you know, stability and stuff like that. But you got to know if, you got to know 2 nothing is the worst lead in soccer. You got to know Holland's going to get on the end of one, one um, you know, ball into the net. It's, it's just going to happen. And then... It just kind of crumbled, and then you know, adding Paciencia in for Hustich, you know, at towards the end. I, I mean, I understand why Mister Ninety Minute, Mister Ninetieth Minute game winner or tire, got whatever you want to call him, you know, clutch moment person. Definitely wanted him in there, but like, I don't know. It just seemed like the substitutions failed us um, with the mixture of you know us kind of tucking our tails tails between our legs. I will also point out that yeah, got, only I- against, I would say what. Three teams in the Bundesliga. Could you, if you messed up, if you messed around too much with your formations, that you could be punished and punished quickly and punished severely. And this is just one of those teams within the Bundesliga that that will happen if you know you just don't get it right. Another one is Bayern, and you could throw it up to like. You know, uh, Leipzig under Nagelsmann, or even to a lesser degree, Leverkusen, because we saw how uh, devastating those guys could be. You know, the, it's really just the top two, uh, Bayern and Dortmund, that you do that, you you run the serious risk of being punished and punished very openly in front of a lot of people, because all those Bayern fans were thinking, "Oh wow, we're being saved, we're being bailed out here by the Frankfurt guys," and then it just you know, the match ends the way that it does. And the Bayern fans around me were like, oh, what the fuck just happened? I guess to put it in a spin zone here, at least the race to the Bundesliga is a little bit tighter now than it was last week. Well, <laughs> yeah. Fair. And we got Bayern in not exactly too long from now. And it will become even tighter because we'll play them at home. And uh, hopefully with fa- a lot more fans than 250 in the stands. And, uh, We'll pump them again. Why not? Shout out to those fans. They made a valiant effort. Like, I heard them on the TV yeah. screen. Yeah. I did as well. Uh, despite other the the kind of din of the bar that I was at. Hey, you know, some other Frankfurt fans uh, decided to come out of the woodwork. 
course, it would uh, end up the way that it did. But oh uh, well. Uh, let's talk about the kind of pauses that we did see. Uh, we can always talk about Kostic, and I think that's kind of a uh, broken record. But Bore, holy crap! Uh, coming out match. Man's on fire. Coming out match. The way he picked. Uh, God, who is the Dortmund player who he picked? Uh, I think it was Marco Royce. Right? Sounds about right. Uh, just picking their pocket and just popping it right in there. I was just kind of, I had my attention was drifting from the screen and I just saw, I saw us barely dispossess him. And I'm like, huh? And he put it in and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Let's fucking go. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. This is the kind of this is the kind of confidence that a guy like this really needs to run on, and I foresee that in a you know an encountering or attacking situation in, of which every single time he's ever taken a shot, it's always been saved. I very much think that this is the kind of uh, mindset that will put him in a position to start making uh, more of those uh opportunities be converted i do think that this is the match that kind of is the turning point within his career in europe because his last european foray was a failure i'll go first i guess uh yeah i think i think this is a turning point i mean three game uh, three goals in three games doesn't get better you know um obviously like we know with the bundesliga and, and obviously with the eintracht it takes a while for these strikers to really understand how the game works how you know just takes a while for the striker to get comfortable for them to you know be successful he's got six goals now three of like i said three of them came in the last three games and you know i think he's starting to find a stride i think him and lindstrom are you know figuring things out perfectly well you know for a small guy you know he's getting on the end of kostic's crosses you know which is perfect like if as long as kostic keeps setting in the balls and boy gets the end of it like that's great like he's he's finding his stride you know um he, he's also working really well with Jakic. he works really well with so like kind of checking into the ball for them um him and kamada kind of play a little bit together it's actually kind of funny next time you guys like watch a game i feel like they don't pass the ball at all ever but i think they complement each, each other well off the ball like they will literally stay away from each other like 20 yards or so and you know kind of creating that space between the two center backs so i i agree with you brian i think this is the start of bore's you know potentially illustrious bundesliga career and hopefully with the eintracht i just hope he just doesn't turn into a you know sebastian holler going to west ham well i guess he's doing great now with ajax but maybe he won't turn into a david silva you know yeah i would definitely say that man uh this guy's got some this guy's got some stones on him, and why not freaking mm-hmm. go full, go full Bore? <laughs> he's getting confident, you know. He's he's getting confident. He's getting comfortable, and that's what we want to see in a striker. You know, and it will get us on. I mean, uh, it will get us a lot more visibility. Let's be honest in uh, the Western Hemisphere that we live in because. It's going to get the eyeballs uh, for the Hispanic-speaking community because they are going. The Bundesliga will look at what matches need to be put on uh, uh, for you know the limited uh, broadcasting that they do for uh, the Hispanic audience, and Eintracht will be more and more and more in that uh, in front of uh, those people, just like we were when we had both of our Mexican are now gone uh, Mexican players in Fabian and Salcedo. Great. Those guys are great. 
I think one more thing. You know, I to, so to put out. There oh, about, go ahead, Chris. One more thing about Bore is that when he was struggling early on, his first five or six appearances with us, we kind of said he's a one-trick pony. You know, he he'll finish, but he's he's not going to do anything with space. He'll relinquish it. He won't know what to do. He won't know how to create space. Um, you're starting to see his confidence leading to him being a little more creative and cr- either creating space or doing something with the ball that we haven't seen him do yet. So if there's, you know, one good thing we can take out of this, it's the fact that maybe we did find our target guy and not mm. just, you know, the, the guy who's going to clean up the mess in front, but a guy who might actually do some creating on his own. I think we need to get the ball to him more without it just being a direct cross and header situation, get the ball to him and see if he can do more and, and bring guys forward with him and, you know, pass off and, and let some other guys contribute as well. I agree with That's, you because I think we found ourselves a workhorse in him, kind of, kind of yeah. like a Jovic. Obviously, I can't compare him to Jovic because Jovic is one of a kind. Um, he is that workhorse, you know, and I think workhorses work really, really well within this team, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's been a proven method. It's something that um, Niko Kovac put in for us, you know, when we won the DFB call in the year before that. Um, he's a workhorse. I'm with you. He's he he I think he's just finding his own and to what yeah what you guys are both saying he likes to play deeper now and so he's kind of playing more he's finding those those that part of the team you know Lindstrom specifically and Kostic where he can really kind of play and he's not just wanting to score goals he's wanting to make other people he, he wants to get people other people set up to score goals which I think is there's a selflessness there that's really helping him move along. He's got three assists already. He's, yeah. he's he's doing it, you know. He's helping out with Lindstrom. He's helping out with Kamada a little bit. I think, actually, does Kamada even have a goal this year? I think he has one. One. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you hear that, Nathan? Chris, I just I need I need to do I just little crickets over Kamada Island. <laughs> I didn't say it. Someone else said it this time. Uh, yeah, Kamada Island starting to get. Um, I, th- I keep on seeing that best Europa player water, ever. I keep on seeing uh, the water keeps on rising each and every single day. I wonder if it's uh, <laughs> due to Kamada's play or to the ecological situation on planet Earth. Either way, it's looking dangerous. Looking dangerous. Mm-hmm. And not for the right things. <sighs> that being said, boys, let's crack over to. Before we get to rumors, let's go. Let's crack open to what is our favorite part of the podcast. Hashtag, what are we drinking? So I'm going to let the brewmeister have his uh, moment in the sun. He can talk about what he's been making or just what he's drinking. Because you are in St. Louis, one of the biggest brewing cities in the world. Yeah, I'm still actually getting through. So I during Christmas time, I went to California to see family there in Southern California. And I'm still chipping away at all the beer that I bought there and drove back home. Well, what did you uh, get? So what did you some, get? Uh, yeah, this, uh, I think I sent you guys the can. It was a, it was Alesmith was the brand, but it was a beer that Tony Gwynn made with them in San Diego before he died. Wow. That's awesome. Um, it, and it is a fantastic beer. It has been, it has been like a white whale for me. I've, I've tried to find it many, many times and I found like four six packs. So I bought them all. <laughs> Jeez. 
Uh, it's pretty good. I'm not drinking it right now, but I would highly recommend it if you're on the east, on the west coast. Uh, anyways, right now I'm drinking. You may suspect um, cold brew coffee. <laughs> cold brew coffee, though, it does look a little bit like something a little bit more potent than that in that sort of a glass. Yeah, Matt, what do you got for us? Dr- I'm drinking this beer. It's called Hazy IPA from Boat Swain. Um, seven percenter. Just know, just learned that, uh, and I don't know where it's from. So very, very, um, you know, informative. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. I've actually Insightful. seen them in uh, my local liquor store. I am cruising through on the uh, the since it is winter, the winter seasonals, and I have St. Adams Winter Lager. It's always a pretty solid go-to for me when it comes to this season. Wisconsin. There you go. There you go. And uh, these guys, well, uh, this is obviously from uh, Boston Brewing Company. And I've always had a great appreciation for these guys when it does come to uh, their winter beers that they do pop out. You will hear about another one probably in the next episode. (laughs) But, Chris, (laughs) you always talk about how good your selections are, or at least brag about everything new that you bring to this segment of the podcast. So, now that you are allowed back on the podcast after your escapade around the Waldstadion was brought to light, what have (laughs) you got to bring us for hashtag what are we drinking? Well... Things got a little hot uh, with that story last week. Little electrocution and hair raising uh, <laughs> follies around Frankfurt. So I had to cool things <laughs> off this week. I'm actually drinking a whiskey infused um, mint chocolate chip milkshake at the moment. And that's why I choked on a chocolate Ooh. chip earlier in this segment. Wonderful listening for all you guys out there. I'm sure you enjoy it, but. Yeah, a boozy milkshake when it's like 15 degrees outside. You can't beat it. 15 degrees doesn't sound, you know, it sounds like a balmy 15 at that. But yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this uh, portion of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. We will be back here to talk about all the rumors, some signings, and uh, yeah, then we got that team from uh, Bavaria who everyone always forgets about, uh, Augsburg, coming up next. So. And now to our sponsor, Pepsi. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Now to our sponsor, Pepsi. Stay with. And we're back. Segment two of Hate Eintracht Frankfurt. Got Brian. You got Nathan. You got Eintracht Emmy sniff, sniffing around. You might hear her in the background with her nails on the hardwood. You got Chris in Detroit. You got Matt in man on Manhattan Island or Manhattan, as he accidentally <laughs> said in the last episode, which was quite the funny slip. Uh, We're here to talk about Eintracht rumors and some of the signings that have been going down with the Eintracht, which 
well, let's be frank, uh, have all really been done by De Frauen, uh, who have picked up uh, two players. But let's talk about some of the stuff that has uh, that we're still being that we still have rumors on. So. Uh, two players that are currently being linked, uh, one out of Scotland, one out of Croatia. Uh, uh, the current captain of Rijeka uh, from the Croatian top division, uh, 21-year-old uh, youth, uh, Croatian youth international. Uh, uh, I'm going to really butcher his name. Smolcic. Uh, Smolcic. Smol- Smol- Small cheech. There you go. All right. Thanks, uh, <laughs> thanks from the linguist there. I don't even got to try and pronounce his first name. Good gravy. It's Harvoye. Uh, everything looks Harvoye. I'm, ex- I'm excited cheech. about him. He could be huge. He could be huge for us. Jakic mm-hmm. has good praise about him. He says he's got that, you know, mm-hmm. that rah-rah energy, like yeah. Kostic, like, you know, like Bore, like Jakic that he has. So having that in the center, in the center back would love it. He's got a history of winning cups. Uh, looking at his bio with Rijeka, he has uh, won two uh, two uh, Croatian Cups in his uh, time with Rijeka, who have been a team that has been finishing in the top three of the Croat League uh, for basically nearly an entire decade running. And he's been uh, at age 21, has got, you know, pretty close on his way to 100 appearances for the club. So the guy's really been playing from a very young age, and he's ready for the step up. And why not to the Eintracht? Now, the full details are still kind of being decided. It hasn't been fully finalized, but it looks like the question is uh, whether he comes to the Eintracht now or comes to the Eintracht in the summer. And, um, hey, we need. We all have been talking about how much more depth we need at center back, just in general. Even if we weren't playing in Europe and we just had the Bundesliga on a match in, match out, week in, week out basis, that's something that we need. And he will fill the void, boys. Anything anyone? Yeah, else I mean, we definitely have. Yeah, I mean, we definitely have some like you know somewhere depth in there. I mean, Hasib has been absolutely a baller for us in defense. The only reason we're not playing him because of his age, you know. Um, I still strongly believe in Ilsan. I don't know why we don't play him. In it's because he's got that he bonus that if we play him too year. much, he's gonna he's on his last year of his contract. And all I've seen is, yeah, if we play him too much this season, he will uh, get an extension put in. It's something that was written into his contract. So, oh, oh, yeah, that's news to me. Well, that makes sense. If we don't play him. <laughs> okay, well, scratch scratch that from the no, record. No, no, no. For me, like I think it was so- <laughs> for a contract, though. Why, why yeah. would you? Why would you say, "Hey, we want this guy, but we don't want the ability to play him too much"? <laughs> yeah, you know, if he does good things, we'd rather have it on the bench because we don't want to pay. That's stupid. Yeah, that's a Bobic signing, too. I wonder what the hell he was thinking there. He probably knew he was going to leave and decided to screw where he was going to be the next guy, which is Croatia. So uh, we're fine. We're fine. But that's wishful. All right. Thinking. So we do have one signing who will join the Eintracht in the summer, uh, Randall Kodomane. Um, this guy is making Nance get really pissy because uh, <laughs> the Eintracht is going to be signing him on wah, a free transfer. Wah. He's been doing. <laughs> hey, look at age twenty three. He's been you know doing a really good job. Uh, he could play. He played for France in the Olympics uh, this past summer. Um, he could still suit up for uh, Congo, uh, one of the Congos. Um, if he never kind of breaks through, something that Sebastian Allaire was 
probably always had at the back of his mind is like, do I suit up for Ivory Coast or do I wait and wait and wait on France? So the guy's got a couple of options. And uh, what he's choosing to do is come to the Eintracht on a free and he's excited. And apparently Freiburg put in a multi-million euro bid on the player. And he's like, nah, I'm coming here because uh, I want to play for a big club. And apparently FIFA's investigating it too, which is crazy. You know, once he heard Freiburg, he thought it was Frankfurt, and then he wanted Frankfurt, and somehow that happened. And then, yeah, like you said, he heard about Freiburg and said, uh, not those fucking losers. <laughs> well, I think, so th- we were looked into, and the the investigation found no wrongdoing. At, in yeah, the they first... were trying to do some tampering, yeah. I think is what was the discussion. Yeah. So... so what are you going to find now? <laughs> I think it all Fox comes down not. to financials because they were going to pay Freiburg. Freiburg wanted to pay the club $9 million for him. And we are paying him as a signing bonus, $12 million. So we're it's paying more for him. I guess we just wanted more, but. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's also going directly right. to him. Like nine to exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, if the transfer fee, like even when uh, transfer fees are paid, like the players get like a cut, but it's a very small cut compared to what where the fees really go to. And hey, he's like, you know what? Signing on a free transfer, you know, I get a sign on bonus, which is what the club sit is the money that the club would have paid for my transfer fee. It's something that some people kind of forget about when it does come to sign players on free transfers. And uh, we're get, look, this guy seems to be the genuine article uh, performing in a very good league in League 1 uh, for a team that's got a lot less resources available. They're just going to be pissy about this for a long time to come. Mm-hmm. Um, there is another rumor of another player coming to the Eintracht. Apparently, uh, we're ponying up money for an 18-year-old right back, uh, perhaps the replacement for any number of players that you want to think that can play out on that typically are playing out on the right for the Eintracht. Timmy. Uh, Calvin Ramsey uh, plays uh, currently for Aberdeen. Um, he is in his second year as a professional for the Scottish Premiership Club and even played in a couple of, uh, has played already in a couple European matches uh, for this club. Uh, I mean, he's nearly on 20 appearances so far this season. It looks like Eintracht's going to be uh, is in the running with a number of clubs on that island that happens to have multiple uh, nations of the United Kingdom. And uh, if he does, if we can't, if we bring him, that I'm worried that this is just going to be another Blanco situation, which is kind of funny because that he would go to Barcelona, a club that is like notoriously known for being broke currently, even though they spent money on him. I don't even know if he's registered to even play it because they need to move money around. It's like, I'm excited for a young player to come to Eintracht, but it's kind of a question of, um, are we going to give him the chance? I don't know, but mm-hmm. the from my standpoint is that he would be a player who will be coming in thoroughly during the current regime that is currently in place, Mm -hmm. as opposed to Blanco, who was all set up from the previous administration and the 
subsequent administration with Croatia and Glasner, they're like, oh, well, if they don't like him, then it's kind of like, well, sorry, kid. Everyone changed, management changed suit, and now you're on the outside looking in. So I'd like to think that uh, this kid will be given, if he does make the move to Antarctica, would actually be given the chance that he actually deserves. Yeah. Well, I mean, either way, we, we need to get our house in order, get our shit together. Like, mm-hmm. we just need to have a strategy, whether that is incorporating them into the first team or having an, a second 20, U23 team that it can actually develop players or have that strategy to loan them out to quality leagues and clubs that we can know that will develop them. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it just sucks with, with Fabio Blanco. Like, right now, like, you know, we did nothing with him. He was with us for six months, and look, you know, he's at, you know, Barcelona, the yeah. second team, you know, it just... What's the point of us hiring the, or, you know, getting these young players if we're not going to play them, mm-hmm. you know, especially if we're paying that much for a fee? I mean, we're not a club that spends a lot of money. We've, we've made three we've made three transfers in our whole history that was above $10 million, you know? So, like, I think what's the point of getting these young kids if we can't do anything else? Yeah, I think it's important, though, to look at the first two signings we just talked about or potential moves. Um, they're established guys. They're young, what, 21 and 23 but they're by no means the 16, 17, 18 year old, you know, potential contributor. Those are guys that are expected to play right away. Yeah. Now there's always going to be that floater, like a young 18 year old, maybe 19 year old. Um, and you're right, Nathan, we don't really have a track record of having a process built out for that. But it's a lot easier to manage, say, one of those at a time or two versus bringing in a horde of them. You know, like we got Ackman out right now, who's been doing some things um, on his loan. Hopefully he's still in the fold at some point because I like him. But then Blanco came in and it was, you know, no plan. So, yeah. And like now we're also, I don't know if you guys heard about this kid named Ferdi on the Hamburg, the Hamburg kid, the striker. He's played nine games so far this year. Like it's. It's it's crazy how much attention we're putting onto these young kids. Granted, we were already having talks with them back in like early December, but you know he's another young kid. It's just like, what are we going to do really with them? Whereas when we were talking to Yusuf Demir, the really really young uh, the young guy from Barcelona, um, he is nineteen or twenty. He was from Lyon before. Absolute stud, absolute crazy. If we ended up somehow getting him, I was literally going <laughs> to shipwrecks. I would have been like, "Wow, we actually are going to have like someone that could literally be better than Jovic, like that kind of talent where we could literally sell for a hundred mil." Then he figured out who the hell we were. Then you know realized what else was going to happen. And, you know he goes somewhere else. But um, I mean, if we want to go to the young players, we definitely have to be a little bit more lucrative for like people like Yusuf Demir, maybe even Mbappe. <laughs> I'm fucking kidding. Um, but yeah, you know. <laughs> I will say this much. Um, the idea of signing this 18-year-old kid, he at least is getting some playing time yeah. under a coach that I'm aware of, uh, the former Atlanta United 2 coach, who uh, uh, Stephen Glass, who was over here for quite some quite some time and you know was able to help in terms of getting that development to the, uh, to the young kids. And uh, I think that... Uh, I think that will really uh, do a lot for him. If you know what, if we don't end up signing him, at least we're we're in the talking or in the running for uh, players who 
are interested. A lot of a lot of players uh, from that island are interested in making the jump to the Bundesliga, and why not to Eintracht? Because we're sexy. We're a wonderful club, and there are uh, people already joining the Eintracht, as I mentioned. Uh, for the Frauen, they have two signings uh, for us to mention. There is wait, Kribi, before we go to the women, oh, to the Frauen, what are you guys thinking about the potential Kostic link to the Premier League? <laughs> Shit. Will it happen? Are we going to screw him over again with the whole lot? No, <laughs> oh, I think he's <laughs> going. He's going to Italy. Like if Inter Milan really is interested in him, and he's fishing. I, think we, I, I can see him going to West Ham. I would I can love totally to see, see him going to West Ham. Pay by thirty percent. He's fishing to get those Italian teams to buck up more money. That's buck what's up going more on. Money and, I see, that. and just straight up come to him with the money. Bring him Bu- the truck dump over. trucks. Yeah, he's got all the, there's more Serbs in Italy than there are in England, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. But uh, Italy has always been seen by uh, those from the former Yugoslavia states as the destination to go, historically speaking. That stems yeah. off from the 80s and, and through the 90s when it, Serie A was still rocking and rolling. And then, well, the money dried up because suddenly uh, economic realities started setting in. But I am not going down that rabbit hole because I'm just going to bore the pants off of everyone here. So, <laughs> Just stay with us, Philip. Don't leave. We love you. Two Frauen signings. Congratulations to the Frauen for uh, getting the business done. Oh, yeah. Uh, th- we got a 30-year-old and a 20-year-old to bring to the Eintracht. Uh, each one signed the contract th- uh, until uh, 2023. Uh, Sarah Dozen is signed on with the Eintracht from Wolfsburg. Uh, that is a lot of experience that this girl brings, including experience from the national team, which we desperately need. We need some more kind of, hey, if she's not going to be on the in the starting 11, but on a bench role player, you need... Uh, good veterans to shore up a young team as Chris knows from certain uh, Detroit yeah. teams uh, finally punching through and uh, yeah to shore up a team with uh, veterancy you also have to have a eye towards the youth and Anna Alech Alech okay Matt I'll let you I'm pronounce let her you do that I'll let Matt <laughs> pronounce her name God Oh my God! I got. I don't have it in front of my computer. <laughs> You're right, but uh, so uh, I'll apologize. Yeah. Well, uh, so this Eintracht player is coming to us from uh, Indiana, and uh, Chris, I'll let you kind of talk up the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Indiana is <laughs> a big soccer school. They've been turning out talent uh, in the states and then exporting it overseas for a long time. Players come from international destinations or international locations to play in Bloomington. It is a destination for soccer. This is a good signing. Um, it, well, both signings. The first one for depth. You can never have enough veterans in a locker room to be around a young team. And then to bring in someone young who uh, knows the European landscape uh, but has that. I talked about it in the last episode, in our 200 episode, about the experience that comes with playing in college here in the States. And now it, it grows you a little bit different than the soccer specific academies in Europe. Nothing against them. Obviously they turn out tremendous talent, 
but the American situation is unique. And you see that in the women's game, how quickly they come out of college and immediately produce uh, results. So hopefully that's the case here. Yeah. Why wouldn't uh, we want to sign someone playing at Bill Armstrong Stadium where, you know, it's seen plenty of other uh, great uh, soccer players come through in the Big Ten, uh, of which there are multiple titles that have uh, been won uh, by uh, Indiana uh, in that capacity. And this is uh, Frogman came uh uh, with a Bundesliga with experience and in our interview that we had with her uh, episode 100 I'm not going to try and remember which one it is <laughs> but she talked about <laughs> how going to the Big Ten she found that it was so professionalized and there's so much money floating specifically in that athletic conference that yeah those college players that come to schools like that they are in a much more professional environment than you can find in a lot of the other uh so professionalized women's soccer leagues and you know what it's a good signing and i like it for the frauen because i still think that we can finish top three get that champions league spot all right boys it'll be a tight finish off gates yeah well let's freaking go and talk about eintracht augsburg um Going to have a lot of eyeballs on this because of a certain major signing done by uh, FCR. Uh, in case anyone has been uh, underneath a rock, suddenly uh, after they got a little bit of investment from an American who joined them uh, in terms of in the boardroom kind of sphere, they got a little bit of American money and now they have another uh, player from this uh, this side of the world, they already have two from uh, South America, and now they have North American in uh, Ricardo Pepe. Uh, this kid is a really exciting player, having seen him for the national team and for Dallas at now 19, 20 million. Uh, they're going to spin that player, let him play, get experience. It's kind of... It's kind of exciting to be as an American to be able to see an opposition team that is. Um, I mean, he immediately uh, made an appearance uh, coming off the bench for them in their uh, loss to Hoffenheim. But the fact of the matter is, it's kind of exciting to know that you're going up against a team that's going to give an American a real shot at a plane. And he doesn't have the big attention that you would get when you're playing at Dortmund. You can kind of just fly under the radar at Augsburg and just develop yourself into a good player that, you know, is going to move on. And uh, you know what? I really don't think that we're going to have the boring, boring, boring match that we had in at the beginning of the season. Cause let's be real. That made us all fall asleep in the nil-nil <laughs> result in first clean sheet of the August. Season. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's true. I know. Gosh. I don't Kevin Trap. Put that on a banner. Kevin fucking Trap. Yeah. Put that on a banner. I mean, this is a bounce back game for us. You know, hungrier dogs run faster. You know, this is this is going to be game for us. We're going to be home, or sorry, we're going to be away. Um, and, you know, there's not going to be fans in there, which would probably be in our favor. So, I don't know. It's going to be a bounce-back game for us. I fully expect um, Sol to be back with us, which looks like his. Sol and Jakic back in the middle. I think um, Bole is going to have, you know, a goal or two, hopefully. Um, I fully expect us to go, you know, 
balls deep into Augsburg. Boom, boom. Or what do you think, Chris? Well, in the in the short term, it's not a must win, but it's a must rebound uh, strongly. But if I'm looking in over the next four weeks, you know we've got Augsburg, Bielefeld, Wolfsburg, Stuttgart, somewhere in that order. I don't know about the order, but our next four matches are against teams in the bottom five. So this is a must win in the sense that we cannot leave any points on the board here. Uh, we cannot let our momentum slow from where it was in December. And then we have a tough, disappointing loss to, to start the Rook Runda. Let's not make things worse. You know, we worked so hard to put ourselves back up into eighth, uh, seventh originally, but now eighth. And, you know, damn, I, it's not a tactical thing. It's a mental mm-hmm. thing right now. Yep. I don't really care who we put on the field because we're probably stronger than them at at least nine of the mm-hmm. 11 positions. Um, but what it comes down to is having the mental fortitude to get past last weekend and open up this week exactly like you did last week, but carry that momentum through 90 minutes. Nathan. Yeah, hell yeah. We got to keep doing like what we did. Yeah, like what we did against Dortmund, you know, that defensive, just carry everything forward, shut shit down and move and just move it into an attack, you know, like that we did before. If we do that, if we get that bogeyman off our back of those three goals, I think we'll be all right. I mean, we 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 shut fucking Dortmund down for 75 minutes. We can fucking do it again. Right. We, we can carry this. And I hope our players don't forget that. Right. I really hope they don't forget that because we can't come out. I mean, what can totally, totally see us happening is we are stuck in a shell in the first half where, you know, Oxford probably could get like a 20th minute goal or something like that. And all of a sudden, oh shit, like we just got scored on by Augsburg. Like we should probably start getting shit together. Yeah. And then the second <laughs> half will be like our first half against Dortmund. <laughs> I can totally see that happening with us because we're just, we're the divas. Oh That's shit. How we do it. Man, that, that is, now you bring up a memory of just, watching that fucking game just being like ah oh, i can't believe we scored two goals yeah we don't play with a lead you we don't fucking seen play with a lead. our halftime report we were, I, I mean i was on the moon i was i was jinxing us left and right like as soon as i hung up and we just got scored three two i i always wanted to text chris just be like that's on me hand up i jinxed us right there you well, know a, a top six. and he told me not to say it <laughs> I, I did But a a top six position is on the table this week because Cologne plays Bayern. um, Union has Hoffenheim. Leverkusen has Gladbach. A top six, not that I'm table watching in week 18 or whatever we're at, but I am because we fought so hard to get out of that pit that we we dug early. I'm going to be really pissed off if we leave points on the pitch this week. This is... I'm going to start a rant that I don't want to get into right now. Don't rant. Go, go, go. (laughs) This is why we are Eintracht Frankfurt, because we do some shit like beat Bayern, get ahead against Dortmund, fall apart. And this is the match where we come out and we get blown out of the water. We lose two to three nil or whatever. And if that happens this week, all bets are off because we're still in a transfer window. Who of any sort of talent and any sort of aspiration to play in Europe next year is going to say, 
hey, that's a club I want to go to. <laughs> Look at how they can't win against a top team, and they definitely can't win against a bottom team. This, to me, is more important than last week because it, it doesn't matter how low you go. It matters how you rebound once you get there. Sure. And if we cannot rebound, then we're going to lose important people, and maybe sooner rather than later because who's going who's gonna to want to stay in a sinking ship? Kostich can't yeah, continue to carry European you. European influence is huge. Well, you know what? We've got Hinty. Hinty does not, yeah. still doesn't like Augsburg. And I'm going <laughs> to start the. He was left us for a day, too. Did you guys see all those freaking rumors where Gladbach wanted him and then that got shut down real quick? That got like, shut down like, real quick. Like, I think, no that, that, I, I think that that is a entirely just Gladbach trying to get positive mojo going on, on over there. Though they did get a result against, Somehow. Uh, against a bunch of teenagers and three Bayern senior players at the weekend. So, good <laughs> on them for beating a bunch of teenagers. Anywho's um, prediction time. Going with a two to one victory for the Eintracht. Yeah, I think that the Eintracht you, gets a uh, late winner, and we go back north with our head held high, knowing that that's right. We're in the European yeah, race. The over under right now is two. Over under of goals right now is two and a half. The draw is at plus two fifty, and uh, Frankfurt's obviously the favorite in this game. Works for me. Two one to the Eintracht. Well, if you're a betting person, remember what I told you in segment one. Whatever I say here, do the opposite, and you're going to get a shitload of money. Um, but I will be taking the over on that one, and I'll be taking Frankfurt. Um, I think we win 3-1, to one, but I think we do it with a strong middle portion of the match. Uh, before the, the half and shortly after the half, we've been pretty good this year at you know getting something late or making adjustments out of the half. and I'm not confident in our ability to finish, but against a team with lesser talent and a, a game that we need to win, I think we get it done. I'm with you, Chris. I, th- I definitely think Frankfurt's going to win here. I'm going to put some money on the over two and a half goals as well. Um, but I'm, I think we're, I think we're going to come out slow. I think, I think Augsburg's probably going to score the first goal against us, and then we're going to come out a lot stronger in the second half. Where it'll be two one, um, possibly even three one if Pacienza feels like scoring a 90th minute goal for us. But um, I'm going to stick with two uh, one for my bet as well for Frankfurt. And Nathan, I think we're going to be in the driver's seat on this one. Maybe this is aspirational, but I think we do. We do need to learn to to lead to lead and carry a victory forward by leading. So I'm going three and nothing clean sheet. Boom! All right. Oh, jeez, clean sheet. Oh my god! He said it. He said it. Three. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode 201 of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. I'd like to thank everyone for joining on the podcast. Remember to like and subscribe. Share us with all your Eintracht friends. If you need to make new Eintracht Frankfurt friends, let us know. We are very convincing. Uh, Nathan, where can we find you, producer extraordinaire, in the social media landscape of the world? Uh, you can find me bitching about public transportation in St. Louis on Twitter at N-A-J-A-K-W-A. Uh, there are worse cities to bitch about that. Trust me. <laughs> Matt, what, Matt, going from a place where you bitch about public transportation to where public <laughs> transportation is probably better than anywhere else in the world, or at least in this continent. Uh, uh, yikes. Where can we find you? In I, Mexico I, I, City. Yeah. 
I would I would never never ever praise the MTA. <laughs> fuck you MTA. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Um underscore why get mad at Twitter and if you don't follow us on Instagram, you I don't know what you're doing. Um you can definitely find us at hey Einstein Frankfurt on the Instagram. I don't know if you guys seen already, but we already got some shout outs from Peter Fisher and Timmy Chandler. Just a couple of Frankfurt legends. Nothing too crazy. Um but yeah you definitely definitely worth the follow. Speaking of crazy, Chris, where can we find you on social media? I also also complain about transportation in my city here in Detroit. That's an entirely Uh, different breed. (laughs) Yeah, indeed. Uh, But you all love our cars, so keep driving them. Um, I am on Twitter, Discord, Instagram, Peloton. That's a fun one. Lots of Frankfurt people on Peloton. What? Uh, At C in the D 313. For real? Yeah. Like 500 people on the hashtag I'm on track Frankfurt on. Hell yeah. There we go. I ride with it. How many hands are Frankfurt people with the kick tipper thing? Like every night. You got to ride your bike through the Pokal Parade. I mean. (laughs) 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 All right. You can find me on Twitter at KCSGE at uh, Pod on Twitter. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash HEFpod for all the latest Eintracht news in the English language. And, of course, Hey Eintracht Frankfurt on Instagram. So give us all a follow on all those locations. We'll be back with another episode of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt where we will be reviewing everything that goes on in the world of Eintracht. So until next time, uh, stay safe, folks, and tschüss. You hear that, Nathan? Chris, I just I need I need to do I just little crickets over Kamada Island. <laughs> I didn't say it. Someone else said it. This time. <laughs>